what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. Welcome back to the Spirit-Filled Real Talk podcast. The question is, are your Christmas decorations still up or are they down? No judgment. Mine are most definitely down. I'm one of those people that, yes, is clean and orderly because I just value having an environment and a space that I can relax in. But I also love having a clean slate before the new year and being able to ease into it versus feeling like things need to get in their place and you got to take them all down and organize and all that stuff. I don't want a rush of that at the start of the new year. So mine are down. The other thing, too, that me and a friend of mine joke about quite often, we were on a road trip together and we were listening to sermons. This is what we like to do. And there was a particular pastor that was giving declarations. And one of his was that every day shall be like Christmas for you. And we love that because it's so true. Christmas shouldn't just be a day in the year. It should be focused around God and the gift of God specifically Jesus, right? But you can live in that joy and that wonder in the miracle of Christmas every day if you so choose. So I just want to offer that to you today before we get into this message. And today's message, I'm going to shout out a girlfriend. You know who you are. She got in touch with me over the weekend and shared this sweet note. She basically said, which I totally forgot about, that she was cleaning and she came across a letter that I'd suggested that she write to herself last year that she would open on her birthday. And she said it was just amazing to read this letter back to herself because she achieved everything that she wrote. And I thought that that was such an awesome testimony and such cool feedback. And I often, when I'm working with clients one-on-one specifically, I am intentional about being in prayer before hopping on the calls, interceding between calls, really creating a space for God to give me wisdom and direction when we're on calls and sometimes quote unquote random assignments will come up. So I don't always remember what they are, but this is one that I've actually given a few times and I'm going to walk you through it today, specifically around how you can really write a letter to yourself, but with God involved. So we're going to get to that in a second, but I wanted to share a couple of things because this is a time of year and specifically too in January where people are just focusing on jo- on goals and outcomes and achieving things. So before you get into that mode and if you're in that mode, totally fine. But I want to encourage you to create a space just to have a date, if you will, with yourself because we often think that God is anti self-love right? But we also know that the Bible tells us to love your neighbor as yourself. And if you're struggling with self-love, you will struggle with having the time 
and energy to love others well. And you might also have unfair expectations of other people, right? Especially if you're a doer and a people pleaser and somebody that really does actually value serving other people. Sometimes you expect other people to to give at the same energy and level that you could give, and that can start stirring up some resentment when people don't show up the way that you expect them to. So what I recommend to that is trade your expectation for appreciation. It works every time. Just appreciate the people that are in your life and how they are able to show up, how they actually are showing up, and make sure that you fill your love tank because usually when we're frustrated with other people and how they're showing up or not showing up, it's because we're not filling our own love tank and we're trying to put that on them. Yee! Okay, so this is really important. Practicing self-care and self-love involves a recognition that we need God to lead, sustain, and guide us each step of the way. So I did a post on my Instagram. If you're not following me over there, make sure you do. It's at Miss MS Juliana Page. You can find lots of inspo over there for free. So make sure you go follow over there and connect and leave comments. But I made a post the other day about how we often search out our purpose when God created us for his purpose, okay? And sometimes we also get involved in personal development, <laughs> in self-development. And while I, I believe in purpose and I believe in developing the self and self-mastery and all the things, I also inherently know that apart from God, I can't do that work I can't do it on my own. I can't make myself show up some sort of way. Yes, I can exercise self-control, but that's actually a fruit of the spirit. (laughs) I can't take credit for that, right? Or I can make wise choices, but I'm not giving myself that wisdom. That's a gift, right? So we're going to talk a little bit about that, but I think it's really important to recognize that we need God, period. We need God to lead, sustain, and guide us each step of the way. And as we are more intentional about surrendering our anxieties and burdens to God, we can experience greater peace and rest throughout our everyday life. So I'm just going to walk through a couple of things, then I'm going to give you some good Bible study homework and walk you through this letter to self exercise that you can make time to do, hopefully, before the end of the year, okay? So number one, prioritize quality time with God. If you don't do this, this is one of the best things that you can do. To me, this is the difference between being aligned or not. Truly. Okay. So if you think about it this way, once you start learning to recognize feelings of alignment versus feelings of misalignment, you become more aware of how you can maintain your connection with God. That comes through practice that comes through process that comes through life experience you start to recognize ooh like that that's not how god thinks or ooh this feeling is letting me know that i'm actually disconnected from god right now so you could say in any given moment that i'm aligned or i'm misaligned with god i'm connected or i'm not connected to god i'm allowing or i'm resisting the presence of god so as you start creating quality time with god you start to be come more aware of your senses, specifically your spiritual senses, not just your physical senses, right? And the intangible things, right? The spiritual life is very much intangible, but it is driving our physical life, okay? And to think that they're not connected is crazy. 
So it's really important to have that relationship and that quality time so that you can start making those distinctions about your alignment. Because when you are aligned, you're confident, you're clear, you're strong, you're bold, you're courageous, you're, you're present, you're empowered, right? You show up different. Usually when we're disconnected, I experience and I hear things like, I'm anxious, I'm stressed out, I'm worried. You hear a lot of sighs like, right? <laughs> I'm frustrated, I'm offended. Like there's, there's things that are happening. I'm just bored. I don't feel like doing anything. I don't have any motivation, right? That's usually coming from being disconnected and trying to lean on our own understanding or navigate in our own strength, okay? But we can have and we can develop conscious awareness of where we're headed, Literally, every day we can do this. And without that, though, it would be like traveling in your vehicle. In Texas, this is crazy, too, with all these, like, loop arounds. <laughs> when I first moved here, just, like, going in all these circles was just crazy, right? I didn't know where I was in any given time. But that's kind of what it's like when we're not intentional and we're not consciously aware. We just are going through things in default mode, so to speak. So without conscious awareness, it's like traveling in your vehicle, having a particular direction in mind, being on the wrong road, being on the wrong road altogether and traveling in the opposite direction of your desired destination, but having absolutely no awareness that you're going in the wrong direction until you arrived at the wrong place. Have you ever been there? The worst. <laughs> Especially if there's hours involved. That is the worst, but that doesn't have to be the journey. You can always correct your course, but the sooner you are aware that you are off the path, the better and more satisfying the journey will be. It's so much better when you know where you're going and you know that you're on the path. There's just peace and contentment in that. Okay? And there really truly is no value in focusing on unwanted things because you get what you focus on whether you want it or not. Because the flow of that is I'm focusing on this thing. Now I'm starting to feel some kind of way about this thing. And now I'm going to behave because of that. Right? So if I'm focusing on what I don't want, then I'm getting more and more frustrated. I'm starting to feel frustrated. I'm starting to feel stressed out. I'm starting to feel overwhelmed. And now I don't want to take any action right? All because of what I'm focusing on, which is not ultimately what I want. So I'm just wasting my time, my energy, <laughs> my life by focusing on unwanted things. So there's really no value. Sometimes we think that there's a ton of value in bringing the past things forward or creating a case for ourselves. But there is absolutely, I'm going to say this again, there's absolutely no value focusing on unwanted things. The Bible puts it this way, forget the former things. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Will you not perceive it? No, friend, you will not if you are focusing on unwanted things, okay? So we all have an internal GPS system. Thank you, Holy Spirit, right? Who provides clarity and direction for our journey. And if we want Holy Spirit to be louder in our lives, we need to turn down other noise. So I share that because that's why we prioritize quality time with God. To think that you can just hear God through all the other noise in your life is lying to yourself, right? You know that if you get up and you start rushing through your day, you ain't hearing God, <laughs> right? You need to be still and know, okay? It actually says in Mark 135, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Okay. So if Jesus is the model and he did that, okay. And he had quite a mission, right? 
So a big part of maintaining healthy self-care is pausing and committing to having focused prayer and time with God, whether that's journaling, whether that's digging into a devotional. And if you don't know where to start, I have the God's Vibes Matter devotional. You can find it over on julianapage.com and start doing that. Maybe a great idea actually would be start doing that for the first 30 days of your year. But that's a great way to just set aside time and be intentional about creating space for God in your life. The morning is often many of our only opportunity to spend uninterrupted time with God to gain clarity, wisdom, and give thanks. And in this quiet time, our mind is renewed, refreshed, and strengthened for the day. And the more time we devote to God, the more God will renew, recharge, and remind us that we don't have to battle life by ourselves, and we don't have to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders. God is with us and will provide us with what we need to accomplish our God-given calling. And it'll also give those distinctions, too, of whether we're on the path or not, whether we're in alignment or we're not, whether we need to repent or turn from some things or not, right? So it's really just important when you can have time that you know that you're going to spend with God. Quality time is key here. It doesn't have to be a huge amount of time. Not talking like three hours. It doesn't have to be crazy. You can even start with 15 to 30 minutes, right? But just having that uninterrupted you time with God is so, so valuable in you staying connected and receiving greater wisdom and direction in your life. So if you value that and you don't want to be scattered and in chaos all the time, that is a great way to give yourself some self-love. Prioritize quality time of God. Okay. Number two, care for yourself as you'd care for a friend. Particularly women are really great at multitasking and caring for all the humans. Okay. But care for yourself as you'd care for a friend. Okay. Mark 12 31 says, the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. Okay. As we are attentive and caring for those who we are entrusted to serve, our personal, mental, and spiritual health should be given the same delicate care. When we abandon caring for our personal needs, we can remain exhausted, overwhelmed, and depleted. Okay. So there've been seasons, I know that they've been there for me, where I've served from a feeling of obligation or routine because I thought that I should be doing that or that that was right, right? In other seasons, I realized, you know what? Like, I was called here, but now the grace is lifted. I'm actually not meant to be here anymore. And it's going to become a problem because I'm not really going to be able to care for other people well, which is the whole point, right? So during seasons where you may find yourself exhausted or overwhelmed, God is calling you to pause and be strengthened and renewed by the love of God. Okay, God wants us to rely on him for strength, guidance, and wisdom to be filled up with positive affirmation and truth from him. He wants us to serve others from a place of renewed strength and not depleted energy. So really being able to be clear about what you need, that comes from actually caring for yourself. You don't know what you want or what you need until you start creating space to actually care for yourself and not being a constant yes person and taking all the things just because you can right? Not all good things are God things. So it's really important that you have the energy because 
when you are called of God, you need energy to do what he's called you to do. And when you distract yourself with so many other things, you can't be focused on that call. So it's really important to start growing into wisdom and discernment. And that comes from taking care of yourself and creating space in your life for you. Okay, not just God, for you. Number three, remind yourself who God made you to be. So there's a beautiful quote I love. It says, I cannot afford to have a thought in my mind that God does not think about me. Whew, that is like a self-check all the time. <laughs> and that can be intimidating for the record in, at first because you might start to recognize I have a whole lot of thoughts in my mind that God does not think about me. Okay, but with Holy Spirit, you can start renewing your mind. So that doesn't need to be something that brings guilt, shame, condemnation by any stretch, right? But it is something to be aware of because that's why you have the results you have in your life. So remind yourself who God made you to be. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That encourages my soul so much. God prepared works for me, meaning I don't have to figure it out. And when in doubt, I'm going to just trust God and do good with what he already has given me, with what I already have in my hands, because he's already prepared things for me to do. So I don't need to go try to search and seek those out. He's already prepared it. So my objective is just to stay aligned and connected with him. And inevitably, I will step into those. Okay? So God has called each of us for a unique purpose before we were created. And as we serve in the areas we're called to, resting and recharging keeps us grounded, refreshed, and revived. Investing time in caring for ourselves is actually an act of worship, and it also reminds us how God views us. Our identity in Christ is rooted in grace, love, and peace. As we abide in Christ more and are strengthened by the power of God, we will begin to grow a stronger identity and dependence on God. To be intentional about self-care is really to ask God's word to become louder in our life as a source of encouragement and a way to speak life and hope into our spirit. Okay, number four, reconnect to God's spirit in you. How awesome is that? God can't get any closer than living on the inside of you. That's pretty rad if you ask me, right? First Corinthians 3.16 says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? Come on. Like, do we actually live like that is true? This is so, so huge. So another key component of maintaining healthy self-care is staying connected to God and attentive to his spirit. We stay connected to God with prayer, devotion, and studying his word because faith comes by hearing, but not hearing all these fun affirmations on the internet that we just want to copy and paste, right? But faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So only God's word does not return void. Affirmations might, especially if you don't believe them, right? So we stay connected to God with prayer, devotion, and studying God's word. God's spirit empowers, uplifts, and strengthens us to live out our God-given purposes. To stay filled and renewed, we realize that we cannot do anything apart from God. 
So during our devotional time with God, God will give us direction and reveal the people, tools, and resources that we need to move forward. So that's actually, for me personally, how I really got focused in my relationship with God was I decided to turn down outside noise for a season. I decided to take all unnecessary things off my schedule, specifically just to care for myself, number one, (laughs) and my own health and well-being, but also to make space to actually hear God and figure out, oh my gosh, I've lived my whole life not actually asking you what you have in mind for me and what you want me to be doing in this season and where you want me to go, who you want me to serve, how you want me to show up. Like I haven't even entertained that, right? So I really started getting a lot of clarity when I did create that space and I was led into ministry and so many other things and it just kept unfolding. And I just didn't have to do a whole lot of effort necessarily. I just had to take the steps and walk through the doors and God would open them. Number five, surrender to God's sweet rest. One of my faves now. I used to resist this (laughs) as a doer and an achiever, but this is one of my favorites. Matthew 11, 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Amen, right? Jesus wants us to come to him to find rest and to be renewed. Often we run to other things, but God wants us to come to him. To receive God's sweet rest, we have to practice the act of surrender. Some people hate this word, but this word is a blessing, okay? When we continue to labor and serve without being filled, resentment can set in and we can become disconnected from the joy of serving. Surrendering ourselves to God is not a sign of weakness, but the best self-care gift we can give ourselves. In times where you may feel burdened with anxiety, fear, or uncertainty, begin to practice letting go and sharing your burdens with the Lord. God will equip you with all you need and sustain you. Okay? Number six, learn that it's okay to have limits. Romans 12, 4 says, for as in one body, we have many members and the members do not all have the same function. So the body of Christ is a body because we need all the parts to work together, right? We need arms, we need legs, we need feet, we need a head, (laughs) we need a heart, we need each person to know what their function is and get in it so that we can operate together, right? So practically speaking for you, learning how to set boundaries and recognizing our human limitations is important to maintaining a healthy self-care practice. Each person in the body of Christ has unique gifts and can all be used to assist in accomplishing what we are called to do. Knowing when to delegate and operating within our own strength is a valuable way to practice self-care. When we try to do everything ourselves and don't ask for help when needed, we can become weary, overwhelmed, and easily frustrated. Moody. Moodiness is not fun to be on the receiving end of, okay? When we ask for help from others and utilize the resources that God has placed around us, we're more at peace. And as we serve in our God-given callings, we can really ask God to continue to give us help and the resources he's placed around us to help us be wise about interacting with those and engaging those and stewarding those well. And when we're intentional about seeking God for guidance, trusting him to provide all our needs, we can receive even more peace. Number seven, steward your health and resources. First Peter three, four says, rather it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Is your spirit gentle? 
than quiet? Or is it loud and chaotic? So God values, let me say it again, he values self-care and wants us to be good stewards of our health and well-being. To strengthen our self-care and live a more content life, it is essential that we continue to prioritize our commitment to spending time with God and surrendering our anxieties in prayer. As we give more focused attention to our personal self-care, we'll begin to trust God more and feel stronger to achieve God's purposes. Number eight, renew your mind and release burdens. Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So as you can see here, there's different levels of God's will. All right. And we begin to recognize those as we're transforming our mind, but we're not going to be renewing our mind and allowing Holy Spirit to to really work that work of salvation in us. If we're not spending time, if we're not studying the word, if we're not creating space to receive from God. Right. The reality is our minds are consumed with so many things which often affect our physical and emotional health as well. God wants us to renew our minds daily by reading God's word, giving thanks to God, and releasing our burdens over to him. Another verse says, cast your burdens upon the Lord because he cares for you. When our minds are renewed and strengthened, less stress occurs, allowing for stronger mental clarity, physical, and emotional balance. Yes, please. (laughs) So we can ask God to help us renew our minds daily to give us different perspective and insight from his word or give us revelation about the season we're in and the work that he's doing in us or maybe a fruit of the spirit that he's developing in our lives and how we can really partner with him in developing that. Number nine, rely on God to fill you with strength. Isaiah 58, 11 says, and the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a well-watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. So during seasons where I personally have experienced restlessness or frustration, it's because I've been operating within my own strength and trying to figure it out by myself. I know I'm not alone in this. (laughs) When I consistently begin to surrender all my cares over to God and let God take full control, I sleep better, I stress less, and I experience more strength and ability to do things. I just have a stronger capacity to show up. So God will provide all that is needed, okay? Let God be your ultimate fulfillment as you serve him. Number 10, and lastly, before we get to the letter here, know what brings you joy, Know what brings you joy because the joy of the Lord is our strength and we need strength to operate in this life. Proverbs 17, 22 says, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. I actually broke two radial bones in my wrists. <laughs> this verse was literal in my life when I had a crushed spirit. My my spirit was crushed in this season and literally I broke two radial bones. That I experienced this as a literal scripture in my life. Insane. But on the flip side, I've also experienced that a cheerful heart is good medicine. And that's not even something you fake. That's something very real. And that if you partner with God, he can create in you. And inevitably, that will flow out of you. 
So we are plagued with daily issues that often weigh us down and stifle our joy. True. A strong self-care practice is laughter and making time for things that bring you joy and speak life for your spirit. If you don't do that, you will have a crushed spirit and nothing good comes to a crushed spirit, okay? While there are many things that can weigh us down, I, today, invite you to be intentional about incorporating practices that renew and restore your soul, all right? As you move forward serving in the areas God has called you to, renew your commitment to prioritizing self-care, surrendering your anxieties to God, and staying connected to God for renewed strength, energy, and direction. Can I get an amen? All right, so what I wanted to remind you about before we get into this letter is that In Ezekiel 36, I would read that, and also Ezekiel 37. Those two passages are super strong and have so many things that I've highlighted specifically. But one of the main things specifically in Ezekiel 36, verse 9, is that God is for you. God is for you, okay? A lot of times we hear that, but if you actually let that sink and absorb into your spirit. God is for me. God is for me. What does that mean? Anything that I'm facing is not what I need to be focusing on. I need to focus on the fact that God is for me. If God is for me, who or what can be against me? Greater is he that is in me than anything that is in the world, okay? So, so important to really receive that. Thank you, God, that you are for me, okay? Now, the other thing that I want to highlight here is that in Ezekiel 36, God really is revealing here that there will come a time where he would give people a new heart and put his spirit within him, okay? So under the old covenant, the Holy Spirit was with people and came upon people for special purposes, but he did not live inside of them. God dwelt in a tabernacle made with human hands during that dispensation. But under the new covenant, which is what we get to experience, signed and sealed in the blood of Jesus, he no longer dwells in a tabernacle made by human hands, but in the hearts of people who have committed their lives to him. So if you've committed your life to God, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. That's another thing that is really important when it comes to just self-care and self-development. You are not alone ever, 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 okay? So you might have a background where you've lived a hard life and maybe your heart was hardened because of it, right? You might have suffered from abuse of some kind. You might have built invisible walls around yourself and decided that people can't hurt you (laughs) if you just don't let them into your life. But when you build walls, you actually shut out the good also. But when we receive Jesus as our Savior, he takes that old hard heart and he gives us a new heart. That's what it really talks about in Ezekiel 36. And the new heart that God gives us is one that desires to love and be involved with people. This, I will say, usually takes time. As in everything with God, there's process, okay? He can give us a new heart, but to really start operating from that new heart is a process, okay? It usually takes time and we go through a process of change before our actions and behavior catch up with our new hearts, okay? 
but God does give us new desires. So when we're born again, right, we can trust the desires of our heart because God gives us those desires. He gives us a heart to obey him. And for this reason, we no longer are comfortable with sin and missing the mark, right? We still sin, but we don't want to. So our consciences are bothered when we begin to go against God's will and his word, okay? Our new hearts war against the flesh. The two are continually antagonistic toward each other. But, thank God, (laughs) we submit areas of our lives to him little by little. And as we do, he changes our behavior to match our new hearts. So God gives us his spirit. And only because of his spirit within us can we obey God and his word. Right? We need God. The Holy Spirit who dwells in us strengthens us and enables us to do the will of God. I call this divine enablement, right? So versus just personal empowerment, this is divine enablement. We must learn to lean on him and not be independent trying to do things in our own strength. So Galatians 3.3 teaches us a wonderful lesson. It asks, having begun your new life spiritually with the Holy Spirit, are you now reaching perfection by dependence on the flesh? In other words, why do we think we can perfect ourselves by our own effort? (laughs) we need to learn to let go and let God be God. And that is one of the biggest challenges we all face. Jesus said that we can do absolutely nothing apart from him. So our job is to believe and God's job is to perform. If we're called to achieve, we would be called achievers, not believers. God said, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. So what we can all do particularly through the practice of self-care, is to learn to depend more on the Holy Spirit within you and less on yourself. This is really, really interesting (laughs) for anybody that's been a doer or achiever, but it's one of the greatest gifts that you can actually give to yourself, okay? If you do, you will actually love the results. Your peace and your joy will greatly increase and your progress will be apparent to you and everyone around you. So homework, at least for a Bible study, is go read Ephesians 36. And then in Ephesians 37, I just wanted to highlight this because again, towards the end of the year, we start evaluating things that we wanted to have happen and didn't happen, things that we thought should have happened or it should have played out this way and it didn't even go my way at all. Like we can start facing that kind of stuff. And Ezekiel 37 has a great way to start dealing with that. So in this particular scripture, it starts talking about how there are There's a valley here of dry, dead bones, okay, which is just basically establishing that hope is lost. (laughs) There's nothing that can come of these dead bones, or can there, right? Or is there something that can come from this? So as the passage continues, the prophet does, Ezekiel, does as God instructs, and he sees God totally revive and bring breath and spirit back into once what were once dead, dry bones. And the same can happen for us. God can revive things that have been dry, brittle, and dead in our lives. My life for sure is a testimony of that. So I'm sure too that at one time or another in your life, you felt that everywhere you looked or, or saw was just a pile of dry, dead bones, right? This can just be anything that is a mess or a situation that's not changing or just something that seems dead to you, like it can't be revived. So if you've had a big mess in your life and you're trying to really run the devil off your property and keep him under your feet, you can actually do it with your words, okay? 
You can say, listen, you big mountain, hear the word of the Lord. Listen, you big mess, hear the word of the Lord. Listen, poverty, hear the word of the Lord. Listen, sickness and disease, hear the word of the Lord. Listen, you tormenting spirits, hear the word of the Lord. So you can see that that is what Ezekiel did in Ezekiel 37. The Lord told him to prophesy and command that breath and spirit come into the dry, dead bones. And it says in Ezekiel, So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath and spirit came into the bones, and they lived and stood up on their feet, an exceedingly great host. All of that happened because one man prophesied God's word over a situation that needed to be changed. So I'm curious what you might be doing when it comes to a situation that needs to be changed in your life. What are you saying to the dead, dry circumstances in your life? Are you prophesying to your dead bones? Or is what you're saying making them more dead and dry? Okay, it might sound like this. Nothing in my life is ever going to change. Every time I get a dollar, the the devil takes it away. It never fails me. Every time I think something good is going to happen, I get attacked. New level, new devil, right? If that is what you're saying, then you are just asking for more trouble. You're inviting that into your experience, which is why I'm going to remind you, never ever (laughs) is it worth your while to focus on unwanted things or to take it another level and start speaking that and prophesying that into your experience. Every time you speak that way, you're giving the devil the right to use his power. Instead, I want to encourage you today to learn to speak God's word and neutralize the enemy's power. You don't need to talk about how you feel or what you think. You don't need to look at your life and what you don't have. You can open your mouth and talk about what God has promised you. And once you change your words, it's all over for the devil. So there's nothing that he can do against God's word. And that victory belongs to you. Okay, so let's recap and then I'm going to give you your homework. It is so vitally important to practice self-care. So important to develop self-love and self-care in your life because the extent that you care and love yourself is what you can actually care and love others. It's directly connected. So if you become a great receiver (laughs) of the things of God, then that can flow out of you also. But if you're not creating space for that, it just does not make any kind of sense that you'd be able to give that to other people, okay? So creating time to spend with God and actually love and take care of yourself is the greatest gift that you can give yourself and those around you, all right? Now, when it comes to you know, wondering if things can turn around and and just feeling maybe uneasy about where you might be in life or even just uneasy about some unknowns of your future. Ezekiel 36 and Ezekiel 37 are two really great passages to go study. One is talking about how God is for you. Never will he leave you. Never will he forsake you. He is for you. So what does that tell you? (laughs) He's not done with you yet and he wants to use you. And then in Ezekiel 37, even the things that look dry and dead in your life, God can work in those. But you have a part to play just as God does. And it's really important to assess what you are thinking and how you are speaking over situations in your life? Are you over-focusing on what is or are you walking in faith and specifically prophesying to your future about what God told you or what God revealed to you, okay? 
Now, when it comes to this letter, a letter to self, we did a big build to get here. <laughs> it is so, so important to write this letter from a place of love, from a place of gratitude, from a place of pride and compassion and just appreciation for this year and what you have been able to do, what God has brought you through, the miracles that you've experienced, maybe the things that you've overlooked, okay? Some of the ways that I uh, do this, I, throughout the year, I journal every day. This is something that took me many, many years to develop a practice of doing, but it's something that I'm so grateful that I do. But I keep a record of what is happening in my life so that I can go back and I can read these journals and highlight things that God has done or how he showed up. Or, or ways that he's turned things around. It's just, oh, it's so life-giving to do that. So I keep a journal. Another thing that I do is in addition to written plan, or in addition to virtual planners, like an Outlook calendar, a Google calendar, in addition to that, I have a written planner. I just ordered mine yesterday, actually, for the new year, where I write down all the things. <laughs> I will pre-plan my months. I will write down what is happening in my life, and I'll be able to flip back through that and see what what has happened. You know, I was thinking the other day, I did a Zoom call with my family and totally thought that the huge freeze that hit Texas was like three years ago. And that was just in February of this year. <laughs> so for context about how God is faithful and what he's brought us through, it's just so helpful to actually have a, a calendar of events that God has been with you through. So those are two really great ways to do that. If you don't have that, I would just encourage you to like create some space block time, whether it's 30 minutes, an hour, just to reflect on what God has brought you through this year. Some of your favorite parts, some of the things that you didn't think would turn around and did, just start writing a letter about how grateful you are for who you showed up as, for what God has gifted you to do, for how God led and guided you. Just give yourself that space of gratitude and appreciation to get the juices flowing, okay? Now, the next part of the letter is to prophesy your future. <laughs> this is why it's a letter to self, because a year from now, whether you choose to open this, you know, literally at the start of a new calendar year, or whether you choose to open this on your birthday, it is so interesting how this happens. It works very similar to a vision board where you start impressing your mind, your subconscious mind with images. I usually like to find images of things that, that God has shown me. So whether that's, you know, the promise of marriage or, or a home or uh, a, a business or a community or whatever it is, I usually put images all over. Uh, I just create a huge vision board, if you will, a virtual one. I'll put it on my computer background. I'll put it on my phone background. And I'll constantly keep that in front of my face to remind me what God said, what God showed me. So you are prophesying your future. This letter to self writes about, you can even start it like, wouldn't it be nice if, wouldn't it be God too, <laughs> right? So you can just write out a whole list of things, if you will, but a whole story of how God is going to equip and empower you in this next year. What is the year going to be about? What is maybe an anchor word or a guiding principle that God is giving you? What does he want you to focus on? How does he want you to show up? Where has he called you to serve? What is the purpose that he's he's really called you to walk out in this season? How does he want you to be 
really stewarding whatever he's given you in this season. What does that look like? What what is he giving you tools and talent and and divine enablement and spiritual gifting and anointing to do? What what has he called you to do in this season? Sometimes we don't actually sit down and reflect on that. We actually just kind of plan our own way. So if God is wanting you to prophesy your sp- future and speak life, What does he want to do in these different areas of your life, in your relationships, in your career, in your health, in your finances, when it comes to fun and enjoyment, right? In in your, your ministry and not just a ministry like you might think about a church, but your life is your ministry. So what does God want to do in your life, right? So the letter flow is gratitude, compassion, just really celebrating what God has taken you through, what you're proud of and what some of your favorite memories are. And then transitioning into prophesying your future and what God is is up to, what God is calling you to in this next year of your life. I'm telling you, when you open this letter a year from now, put it in a safe spot. You can literally, I like to write it on actual letter paper and handwrite it and put it in an envelope and just sign it, right? And it's just a letter to yourself. So you can be proud of yourself for for who you're becoming and how God is equipping you and just so grateful to God. And then you can also prophesy self, right? So if your future self were to be, another way you can get to this is if your future self were to read you a letter of, you know, how proud your future self is of your current self or what you've accomplished a year from now, what would your future self be telling you? It's one of the reasons that I love coaching too, is a coach can really draw out your potential and really tell you what's possible and remind you of what's possible all the time. So your future self can do that too. You can draw confidence from the future version of you. Sometimes God will give you glimpses of who this person is, right? And what that person has accomplished. So this fits the, it is finished, it is done spiritual law, right? So if God has done it, if it is finished, what would your future self be telling your current self. Okay. So a flow for this letter could be, I'm, I'm just giving you a template. You don't have to follow this template verbatim. Do what feels right to you. Okay. So if you want to get again, a letter paper, a a nice card, whatever you want to do and put it in an envelope, seal it, put it somewhere. If you want to email it to a friend and remind them to send it to you a year from now, however you want to handle it, just do the exercise. Okay. Now, When it goes about practically going through the exercise, important to follow whatever feels right to your spirit. But here's some ideas. Again, start with gratitude. Gratitude always gets the juices flowing. Thank you, God, for, you know, and just start remembering and celebrating what you've been through this year. Then transition into what this next season is about, how God wants to show you to show up, what he wants your ministry to be about, who he wants you to serve, how he wants you to steward what he's given you. And then you can seal it with what your future self is telling you about how proud he or she is for you seeing this all the way through, for you showing up and showing out through co-creating, co-laboring, partnering with God in your life, right? So your future self is telling you, it is amazing that you've done bloody, 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 bloody. It is so awesome that you've accomplished la, 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 right? And it's so neat to actually read this letter to yourself because it gives you motivation. It gives you fuel 
to really then set your goals and write the vision and make it plain. Because what this is doing is it's getting you into feeling and experiencing it as if it's done. A lot of times we don't dream up our future. We don't actually give ourselves to permit permission to experience it before it happens. We again, focus on everything unwanted. So this is all about giving yourself a gift and writing a letter to yourself giving yourself permission to not only just dream up your future, but to prophesy your future and receive it as if it's done, right? So when you picture somebody receiving you know, their their degree or their diploma on the stage, you can actually live that experience before it happens. I know as an athlete, I often would visualize my routines over and over again in my mind so that my body would just follow. <laughs> Right. Even if I was tired, my body was going to follow what my mind trained it to do. Right. And our life is very similar. Our, our bodies will follow what our mind is trained to do. We will go after what we're trained to focus on. So this is very important as a setup to you then planning your goals, because maybe some of the goals were kind of shallow. They weren't actually things that you did want to focus on. That happens a lot. Not always, but that does happen a lot. So this is a great precursor to you writing the vision and making it plain and writing down some practical goals and getting them on your calendar. Okay? So remember today that self-care is the best gift that you can give yourself. Okay? And that God is for you. And give yourself space. Write it on your calendar now if you've not this exercise. You are going to give yourself space to write a letter to yourself. And then have some sort of plan or strategy to remember to open this letter so that you don't have to find it when you're cleaning. (laughs) But it can be brought to you. I find that this happens when you need it most. It literally is delivered when you need it most, okay? But a great way to do that is to email it to somebody email it to somebody to make sure that they email it to you a year from now. Or you can just, if you have a virtual calendar, you can put a reminder on your calendar or you can even schedule a reminder on your phone, okay? So put it in a space where you will remember it. If you have a safe, you can put it in a safe. You can put it in your underwear drawer. I don't really care, but put it in a place where you won't throw it away, all right? Oh my goodness, friends. I hope this message blessed you. If you are loving the Spirit-Filled Real Talk podcast, we are making a movement in the world. It is so important that you subscribe, that you rate the podcast, that you leave comments, that you copy the link to share the podcast, you share episode with friends. That is how the word gets out. I can't do all the heavy lifting, but you can so bless me in that way in sharing this message and making sure that you really bless and uplift other people's spirits. So thank you, thank you, thank you for subscribing. Thank you for giving me your greatest gift, your time. (laughs) And until next time, stay blessed. Stay blessed.